it's only kind of been um when we when I talk about you kind of just say oh like that that happened then you it we've it's not been like discussed you just kind of say oh yeah well when that happened last year yeah I get you, you don't really like go into it as such no you just kind of you mention it and then kind of hope that that person you're talking to is picking up what you're saying yeah um and again that straight away comes into that um feeling of I can't bring it up it's not where do you think like that comes from though do you know what it's like as if there's women feel embarrassed and women do so even when it comes down to um people being open and honest about if they're trying for a baby there's still like a massive um like shadow over that of being embarrassed to say oh yeah like we're trying for a family um, because you're worried about judgment and what people's opinions and thoughts are of that um I know in my situation um I've heard like a couple of times of you're kind of you've you'll say you're pregnant you you put the news out there and then it's followed through with oh so how long have you and your partner been together and then you're kind of there and you're like you know it's not been very long but then you're kind of finding yourself having to um yourself almost yeah kind of having to like make a point of like oh well we haven't been together that long but this like we were seeing each other for ages we've known each other for this and you're trying to justify yourself for for someone that it's probably it's not a family member because your family member already knows how long you've been that person for so it's someone and your close friends so it's someone like outside of that circle that you're finding yourself having to yeah justify why you're in the situation or why you're you're planning to start a family but at the same time even if you were even if you because obviously for the people that don't know you with Ben years ago before now yeah like the amount of people that have been together for like two months and they're like oh well we want a baby okay well that's fine that's on you that's like yeah exactly on that side of things it's kind of and like it sounds really corny but you kind of see that um I think there was like a meme going around at some point and it basically went along the lines of you can be with someone for years and obviously be quite a toxic relationship and you can be with someone in within three months and they've got the best intentions for you and actually they've made you as happy in those three months as what someone you've been with six years couldn't do um and I think that was kind of very relatable um when kind of we me and Ben kind of got in that relationship and actually I don't know again it sounds very cheesy but I guess when you know you know sort of thing I completely agree um and again it's that embarrassment of having to say oh no it's not actually been that long and you say, and sometimes you when you say it to someone you can actually see them doing the maths in their head about it, yeah. and you're just like yeah I know I know it's not been long but we're we've obviously thought about it we're adults we're aware of what yeah, it entails starting a family we, we're aware it's not something you you just wake up one night and just decide oh actually let's let's start a family oh. um and yeah trying to get rid of that stigma and that embarrassment that women feel um it, it needs to happen 100 percent. when i told you i was gonna do the podcast and then we were discussing about like topics and stuff you approached me saying oh you wanted to go and like like you said then there was such a stigma behind mm. 
like women's pregnancy in general really what made you want to completely be so open and because I got family and friends and stuff you've never spoken about to potentially a lot of people that you don't know (laughs) yeah it was kind of like when when you said you were you were also doing the podcast and then you've obviously done a couple of your episodes now um and it just it just comes to me I don't know I don't know what in that moment because prior to that I wouldn't have even thought about it considered it sort of thing it was something there and let it be sort of thing um and then it kind of just comes straight to me of like actually I want to talk about this um and it's really weird because I think it went until you kind of said it a few days ago and I and I've sort of thought about it and it's kind of like it's like a therapy when you're talking about it it, um which I feel a lot happened in 2021 which we will go into like more detail in a little bit um to the point that actually I don't think up until now like I had even processed um I'd even had my body my mind everything had had a chance to process what had gone on I think every a lot of things that happened in 2021 some people go for a space about five ten years and in my case it happened four months yeah um and yeah it was kind of that roller coaster of emotion of it that you don't talk about you only touch upon with like your family and your close friends um and you kind of close that book and you never go back to it and that is weird like you said you don't speak to people that are not your family and friends where does that come from why do you think that's so like installed in everyone I think it's kind of the answer the answer to that is like don't I don't know I don't know why there's this whole it can't be spoken about or when it is spoken about it's very sort of like hush hush sort of thing but the reason like with like women I think it's a case of like if someone had approached me and sat me down and had said talk to me tell me everything how you're feeling what's going on what's your mind and your body going through I reckon I could guarantee you that any woman that gets approached and says that will sit down and truly open up to you um and I think it's because they're being given the like the green light to want to To, approach the conversation yeah and it's kind of looked at if I was to approach someone and say look can I talk to you about all this as like this this, and this that happened to me um I kind of immediately you're looked at as like oh like she's having a few mental health problems or Mm. there's issues going on there because she had an absolute meltdown and I think again where women are looked upon as having to be built and a strong like mentally physically emotionally like all round to be able to basically handle anything and everything and just get on with it yeah and I think as humans so this is women and men together we're very good at kind of like putting that front face on um and I think that was something that I've done a lot in my life um with things that have happened in my life um and with like particular thing that happened last year I could be in the middle of going through the worst thing of my life but you a stranger or anyone could we be on either on the end of the phone to me or approach me face to face 
and you wouldn't have a clue you mm. wouldn't have a clue of what's going on and um some people can do that some people can um I guess it's kind of unfortunate in my case I am able to do that because mm. I've just constantly looked at as kind of like happy-go-lucky always chatty always all right there ain't nothing like going on like behind yeah. closed doors um so yeah I think it needs to become more of a thing of if you know someone that's whatever it is they're going through um and a, a woman as well just approach them just approach them and ask them like yeah are you if you're aware that they've been through some sort of um like even trauma or even the smallest of things um even like changing a job which that person's chosen to do there's massive things in that of like oh, mentally yeah. emotionally and how they're feeling just ask them like are you okay mm. um and nine times out of ten like i said if you get someone that opens up to you and they go and they tell you whatever it is they say for like say 20 25 minutes do you know what that person needed to do that that person yeah. in that moment needed to get what they wanted off their chest yeah. um and just yeah get people to just bear that in mind the next time they're aware that someone's gone through something just take that 10 15 minutes out of like your life and just say to them like are you all right and Definitely. i can guarantee you it's going to make the biggest of differences most definitely yeah, we're all guilty of it. obviously we lived together during that time mm. and we were probably guilty of not wanting to bring it up maybe as much because we didn't know what to say do you know what i mean and we were worried yeah. that, we that you so i think we were it's such an awkward thing like kind of both sides yeah. because you get someone um that asks you if you're all right well that person know they know you're not all right yeah um especially with someone close to you and his family they know you're not okay um and I and you feel just as bad for them asking because you know they're only asking because they care but what else can they say um in that situation and I'm very much a person as well I don't like um like burdening other people with my problems and my emotions and how I feel um again that's something I'm guilty of um and hopefully over time I can teach myself that actually it's okay it's okay to not to not bottle it up it's okay to just speak um because I'm fully aware that I've got family around me and close friends like including yourself that I could ring or approach at any time like time of the day or whenever it is and say yeah. look can I talk to you about something can you all sort of have an ear and a shoulder for me to cry on if it was needed um but I feel like I'm too hard on myself I think in, we're all guilty of that and we in terms of like this is sign I think I see it as like a sign of weakness and you yeah. shouldn't see it as a sign of weakness no. um at all and it was kind of, and the job I was doing at the time and the job I have done over the years I've always kind of been um, that point of contact of Kate, Kate fixes it. She'll fix it in yeah. like within the workplace. Um, Kate will solve it. Kate will help. Um, and actually, I listen to a lot of other people's problems in the workplace and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, again, when it comes to something personal yourself, you kind of 
you continue to be that person you continue to be that person yeah. of gotta be strong um come on Kate like get up get on with this you're gonna be fine don't dwell on it um but and at again, the same time not fixing yourself even though you're fixing yeah them. yeah you're, you're kind of fixing everyone else and like I'm there yeah and it is like that typical thing of amazing at giving advice but won't take it himself um, and I think we're all guilty of no, that one at whatever point in our lives that we've needed to to follow that kind of quote of life as they say yeah. um but yeah no I agree um so like starting from the scratch obviously we briefly touched on like what you went through um like do you want to go over from scratch like are you in a place now where you feel like you could go through that and like talk to people about that much more openly than you were then yeah definitely and do you know what I've actually um I find myself now if I come into conversation with anyone um I will kind of like drop in there that there has been a previous pregnancy sort of thing Mm. um and I actually did it the other day I was talking to a um someone who I know and they're pregnant themselves and we were talking about pregnancy in general and I had said oh like when I was pregnant prior to now um and I know that that person would have clocked on to what I yeah. said and knowing that I've only got one child and she's mentioned the pre so I know she's doing the maths in her head off the yeah, yeah. um but again there was then nothing followed through with that of like mm. oh like didn't know that like how are you all right um or really sorry to hear that and that's not because that person or anyone is intentionally sort of like being self-centered and selfish and not asking it's because people don't know where to put themselves they don't know how to respond in those situations and I think it's kind of a case of if you're like in that situation, I've kind of opened the door essentially and like I've I've let that person know that this is situation and it's kind of getting that receiver end to understand actually it's okay to ask questions. I've opened that door for yeah, you. Yeah, you've initiated it, so you're willing to accept anything that Yeah, definitely. Um because again, for some reason there's that just stigma of don't mention the M word. No. Do you know what I mean? Um and I think, yeah, going through it, um, it's, which I mean, we'll start from the beginning with. Um, yeah. Should we go from the beginning? Yeah, go from the beginning. So um, yeah, when, when was it? Beginning of? Uh, January. January 20, last year. Yeah. Yeah. So start from scratch, really. Um, I mean, yeah, it was a case of um, I had in what well, going back to 2020, I was I was on contraception, um, had that contraception removed. So I guess yeah, when you're going down that route of your having your contraception stopped or removed or whatever sort of it is you're having, um, people who knows that has happened are aware that there's obviously talks of starting a family. Um, there's obviously a reason why that's happening um and yeah we were really fortunate that um I fell pregnant really quickly um quite surprised but did but surprised but not surprised sort of thing and um and yeah it was that I think we'd found out um I think you were like 
pretty much one of the first persons I kind of approached because we were living together at the time we were in a yeah. um, lockdown and um it was kind of it, that emotion of like oh my god there's two lines um and they must have been the most faintest of lines and I'm stood there in every kind of angle of lighting trying to like yes it's a second line it's definitely a second line panic mode yeah definitely um and then obviously trying to work it out and we worked it out that yeah we were it was really early um I think it was like three weeks three four weeks something like that um and you kind of just uh the excitement just takes over really um all sorts of thoughts go through your head you work out your due date I you can't tell me one person that's financially pregnant and automatically straight away gone on the NHS calculator and worked out when their baby is drill. Planned it all um, down for a team, which Yeah, literally. And it was um it was literally the fifth of October um that we had like worked out that this baby was going to be Jill. Um it was kind of around like a couple of family members' birthdays and we're like, oh imagine if it's the same day and you have all these like thought processes and then you move on to the subject of announcements and mm telling family um and again there is that whole um thing of 12 weeks don't tell anyone for 12 weeks and I remember again it was the it was lockdown and wasn't obviously really seeing anyone um apart from if I was going to work or um the bubble like that we were in which luckily I did have that bubble in during that time um and it was a case of like right let's work how we're going to do these announcements which you often see um and we had decided that we were going to video we were going to video everyone's reactions um and we started doing it so I think we'd worked it out um we were literally like seven weeks when we started from what I remember yeah yeah and um I mean we've gone online we've ordered one of those personalized baby grows um baby winter like due um October 2021 um we bought little cards um so like auntie uncle grandma granddad um we bought all them that you put like little scan photos into um because we'd gone for like a private scan um at six weeks which it was all confirmed there was a little heartbeat um and it was all like really surreal and in the back of our minds we were still obviously very cautious that right let's not tell too many people because you've got like the what ifs and things like that um but you can't you can't tell someone who's just been told that they're gonna have a baby you can't tell anyone and do you know what I was already so limited in the amount of people that I told I still felt quite lonely in those first few weeks because you can't you can't jump from the ceilings and no. scream and tell everyone that you're pregnant because which is what you want to do especially your face as well yeah definitely because it's the whole thing of just in case um so we, I think we had literally told all the family so we'd gone round um and we'd like filmed it of making these announcements um I think there was one more family member I think it was my um I think it was my dad was the only one um who didn't sort of know and that was that's just because he doesn't live in Bristol and we weren't able to see him yeah and 
everything was really just hunky-dory it was kind of like okay we're starting a family the fam everyone else is kind of like absolutely buzzing for us um and then you kind of get that dreaded um the pain the pain in the twinge um which it was kind of like oh god like what was that and I'll kind of like never forget and and how many weeks was that so we had worked it out as about like nine nine weeks and um I remember waking up on a Sunday morning and Ben had gone to work and I'd gone to the toilet and I just felt like I just felt different I I couldn't put my finger I just felt different and I had kind of like just it felt like menstrual cramps that I was having um and then I started to I had like started spotting um so of course I've like called called Ben and I've said like this is what's happening and straight away it's kind of just a panic and I remember ringing 111 and I was going for everything and they turned around they said oh you need to get to your nearest A&E like in the next hour and I remember ringing my mum and I was just crying it was just it was kind of a case of like oh and of course obviously my mum's at the phone and she's like look you're going to be fine it's absolutely fine like this can be normal like everything's going to be fine um because I will briefly mention that there was a miscarriage back quite a few years ago um, that I didn't know I was pregnant at the time. It kind of passed very quickly. Yeah. It was just a point in my life that it happened. And it very much, I think there's this whole thing of right place, right time. And at that point in my life, there was obviously, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. It wasn't going to happen then. Um so of course when I felt like this was happening a second time it was that feeling of straight away you start telling yourself I can't have kids there's something wrong wrong because this isn't the first time um but although in my head I'd thought well I've got past like five weeks because that's what we think I was kind of how far I was before so in my head I thought oh well I'm past that so it's going to be fine um so yeah straight away you're going through these thoughts of I, I I can't have kids so Ben's coming from work and he's he's drove us up to the BRI and it was just the most it was just silent the drive there was just what we didn't know what to say to each other um that's kind of what your world had surrounded with really. I think it just stopped what you thought about so then yeah literally panic mood almost and everything just frozen like it just felt like everything had stopped and we couldn't think anything more of what was going on until we clarified like what was going on and I think I'll never forget and we got to A&E and of course Ben's walked in straight away the security, security has stopped him and they're like you can't go in it only has to be the patient and because of Covid mm-hmm. and I remember just stood there and I was just breaking my heart and I'm just like, I can't do this on my own. But I can't, I can't be faced with what I could potentially be told in a minute on my own. No. And Ben went back out to his van and he felt so useless. He didn't, he didn't know what to say. He didn't know what to do. Um, he didn't know what to, where to put himself. And then 
I remember walking through the A&E doors and I went over to the counter and I remember just looking at this woman in her face and she could see that obviously I was in an absolute state and she obviously needed I said like I've been on the phone to one woman they told me to come in and I remember not even being able to tell her my date of birth and I just handed her my driving license and she just looked at me and she was just oh, like it's gonna be all right like just go and take a seat and um I was the only one in there I was the only one in this room and it was so quiet you could hear yeah. you was tr- I was trying to be quiet from the crying you were just and it was that I've never felt so lonely never oh, felt so lonely being there completely on your own is amazing so much worse yeah and of course I'm constantly getting messages from Ben, like, have you seen someone yet? What's going on? I must have been sat there for about 40 minutes. I mean, those 40 minutes felt like four hours. Yeah. Um, and I remember being called in and I explained that there was a historic miscarriage before. Yes, I've had problems with my ovaries from some years ago. Um, but this is like where I'm right now. And I remember her just looking at me and saying, oh, we'll get you back in on Wednesday, scan you. And I remember saying, I can't wait till Wednesday. Like, yeah. I can't wait till Wednesday to be told whether what's happened has happened, what I'm thinking has happened. Yeah. And um, and I remember her kind of attitude being very much like, well, if this happened, there's, there's obviously nothing we're going to be able to do about it. And it was kind of that. And I felt like it wasn't a case of, like, I was being put aside and kind of get yourself a bit of a stiff upper lip mate and like get on with it that was kind of how I felt like it was coming across and what do you want us to do in a sense yeah there's nothing we can do you basically got to sit and wait um and yeah she had just said that someone will ring you and will book you in to come in in the week and I was just mortified because I was just like I'm in an absolute state yeah um and I'm being told I got to wait another 72 hours to be told whether what's happened has happened even that's the discussion in itself like massively I was like even the way things are going obviously the NHS is in the shit and stuff but to yeah help that when they're probably at the lowest and like you were very early someone not that it makes any difference whatsoever but someone could have been much further down the line yeah and yeah. the like it is what they would have had to have waited 72 hours waited, yeah and again the whole it's the whole covid thing of we have got the resources we've not got this we've got got that and then of course you hear about all these conspiracies that's come out now what potentially was happening during lockdown by Mm -hmm. those who made the rules and i mean there's a lot more people in worse situations than what i was going through for example actually losing loved ones and couldn't be with them but in that split moment i needed someone with me and that was taken away from me so I remember leaving the hospital and walking out and I remember just sitting in the getting like back in the van with Ben and just sitting there and just crying for ages. Um as it was, by the time I'd even got back outside, Ben had already been on the phone to like private clinics and basically saying, like, we need to get seen today. Mm. Um one clinic come back and said we could see you at nine PM that evening. And I mean this is by now it's only like ten AM yeah so you've got 11 hours now and I'm thinking well 11 hours is better than 72 hours it's not easy yeah, 11 hours is better than 72 hours so we said like yeah we'll take it um so it was a case of sitting at home 
pretty much in silence. What what do you say Perfect. to you? You can't carry on as your day no. um, of what you were doing. Um, and I knew something had went right. Something had gone wrong. I could just I remember you know your body as well. Yeah, and I remember getting in the bath, and I remember actually lying there, and I was I remember looking at my stomach. I don't even know if I've even said to I don't even know if I've even told Ben this and I remember looking at my stomach and saying like talking to my belly and I'd said like it's okay like what will be will be and if it's not meant to be it's not meant to be but it's okay Mm. um and by this point the kind of the spotting and the bleeding had stopped so then you're in your mind you're thinking okay Maybe it was just like, as they say, this implant implantation bleeding that you can get. Um, and it made it worse because I think then that was kind of giving Ben a lot more hope than what it was giving me. Because, like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm carrying it. I'm feeling the hormones. I'm you feeling the emotions. Essentially. I know when my body's telling me something's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, the time had come to go to the clinic and we both felt so sick actually sick to the core um and I remember going in so of course this was the same clinic we've been to when we had our early scan at like six oh, okay. weeks so we knew how it was coordinated when you went in and how they work uh, okay. so we had gone in the same as what we did before and we'd sat in like the waiting room um and then they obviously called us through um and that everything was exactly the same as what it usually is. And you kind of you sit on you sit on the chair um, and obviously it is an internal scan. So it's what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, it's kind, it's in your personal space. Do you know what I mean? It's very like, much. Um, I know. Like, what I know what we're really trying to think of. Um, yeah. I can't think of the word. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, I remember but, that. Like, basically. Sorry very personal basically yeah yeah and like I remember and I was just staring at the ceiling and of course they don't turn the TVs on they don't turn the TVs on until they find baby find heartbeat yeah, yeah. and they'll put the screens on and I remember like Ben holding on to my hands so tight and was just looking at the ceiling and this woman started scanning um and then there was just, just this pause. And I knew already how long it took to find the baby in the heartbeat because I'd already had that. Yeah, yeah. So I already know um, it takes about like seven, eight seconds. And this time it got to, yeah, like 12 seconds. And it was kind of like something's wrong. And I'll never forget the the sonographer looking over and as soon as she just looked over at me and then she went to say like both our names I just broke down I just mm. absolutely crumbled and she was just like I'm really sorry um she's like I'm really sorry like there's oh well, I didn't expect myself to but this goes back to the whole not talking about it and it builds yeah up. I've not um yeah I've not relived it um no. in so much detail until now but I'm fine it's fine Good. um yeah and I remember her saying I'm really sorry um 
but there's no heartbeat and um yeah you just you just feel like your world is just crumbled around you um and you kind of got to take yourself away you get yourself dressed again and then it's a case then everything changes how they coordinate how they kind of deal with you as the customer it completely changes so whereas before you'd kind of go back out in the waiting room and they'll print your pictures for you um it was kind of a case of do you want to go and wait in your car and we'll Mm. bring out your notes um for you to take to the hospital um and actually what they had called it was a missed miscarriage um so that's obviously when a miscarriage has happened um but your body's basically not registering it your body still thinks you're pregnant um and it's basically yeah the pregnancy has stopped um but like almost the hormones in your body haven't yeah yeah um and it's obviously still there nothing's coming away from me um so it's it's a missed miscarriage um so i remember we went out and we was in the van and we just we just cried that was all that was all we could do um and then the poor lady that come out she like knocked on the door and um she'd obviously give me the scan results obviously not the they did ask if we wanted the picture and at that point we had said um no it was fine um and she'd give us the notes and everything and said like they'll make the referral through to the hospital they're going to contact you like tomorrow and yeah it was just a very silent drive home what what can we say to each other what is it to say um and I remember like walking through the front door and um I think we just literally cried ourselves to sleep that night I think there was nothing we could say to each other there was nothing anyone could say to us obviously we had called and we had told immediate family um and it was and you kind of then we woke up the next day and it was like now what now what um and I think the worst thing is then is because you've gone through a private clinic you've then the basically NHS won't take the um information um from private clinics so what I actually had to do was then go through the whole process again. Oh um, I remember they called me on the Monday and said, like, we obviously we understand what this happened, but actually we've got to confirm it for ourselves. And then what made that worse is that because still nothing's come away from me, I'm still believing in my head there's hope. Yeah. I'm still thinking. Yeah. No, there's there, I'm going to go now on Wednesday to this scan and there's going to be a heartbeat um so now you've kind of got another like two days now where you're in a bit of a limbo of still like no bleeding still no sign of anything coming away from me um am I actually still pregnant and so went in obviously on the Wednesday again um NHS guidelines were very different to what the private clinics were um I had to go on my own um and you had to go through the whole thing again and it was the whole thing of again whole process just as it was an, yeah it was an internal scan um very much in my personal space and being told yeah we're really sorry like there's no heartbeat um and then again how you're coordinated around the hospital from that point onwards i was put into a side room with a table a chair and a box of tissues on my own god it's mad isn't it 
Um, and again, just remember, just cry my eyes out. And it was kind of just like, A, I don't want to be doing this on my own. Why am I having to go through this on my own? Um, and B, why are you having to put me through this, the, the emotions again of, I've already been told that a missed miscarriage has happened. And you you've got like, yeah, you've got it from a professional. Mm. You've got it from a well-established private clinic that is very well known around mm. the country. Um, why do you need feel the need to have to put someone back through those emotions again? Um, so then it was a case of the nurse she came in, and now you've got to decide how you're going to go forward with obviously um removing the pregnancy um from you um and again that was kind of the worst thing of it because it was a case of well we can give you like a tablet that they can give you and your pregnancy will just come away as they say naturally um and it was kind of like no that's not natural to me that's not natural I don't want to um have to feel um that happened to me or see it Mm. um at the end of the day to me um there was a pregnancy there there was a heartbeat um that was that um like fetus as they call it which is like a really I hate that word I hate the word fetus it just I know that is what it is but it just sounds mortifying yeah um yeah it was a case of no it wasn't an option that I was gonna that was gonna happen and I opted for the procedure um that procedure couldn't then be done for another five days so you're now talking sort of would have been like eight days after so you've still got a pregnancy inside you that you know now um isn't a successful pregnancy the mental trauma over those eight days oh my god and (laughs) you are literally just kind of left to like all right well off you go home and then we'll see you back here the following monday for your for your treatment and I remember them the nurse kept saying to me are you sure you want the procedure and it was kind of a case of I've got so many emotions going through me at the moment already the one thing that I've made a decision decision on um you're now kind of challenging it um surely that's that's what if that's what I'm wishing for and that just what needs to be granted in this Mm. in this moment um so and that was what had happened Um, of course because of covid i had to isolate three days before um so i'm now secluded in my house Mm. i can't see anyone um whilst going through all these emotions um and yeah then we went up to the hospital on the monday um and they were amazing they really were um and it was at that point I couldn't believe how common miscarriages were. It's such a stigma, yet how many people go through, like, you, that you pass on a daily basis, that you probably oh have conversations with, that don't want to do Nearly every single person um, that I'd spoke to, a woman, but from finding out to having that procedure, nearly every single one, I reckon, come back to me and said that they'd experienced a miscarriage at some point. There's like 250,000 miscarriages a year. Um, that's phenomenal. Um, 
and I think it was something that we've seen the other day that it was like one in eight of us will will have a miscarriage um, and you need to look at that as even in just your friendship group that the chances mm. are one of those people will have a miscarriage or have had one yeah. um and if you're kind of that person that's not had to go through it um it really is a blessing because having to go through a miscarriage it's yeah it's the most like draining emotionally mentally physically all three of them um and I remember just before having the procedure my the bleeding had kind of started um and of course they say that your body basically is like contracting um because it's it's pushing the pregnancy out and I remember I was working I carried on working and that's kind of the other thing of I just had to keep working because I wasn't going to be paid to be off um for having this miscarriage which is a massive thing that needs to change that needs to change massively I mean like there are people that will miscarry a lot further down the line which of course by that point you become obviously even more emotionally attached um you probably start planning a lot more things you probably announced it to everyone your body's further along in terms of like so your body would probably take more to yeah like physically how you look at him um yeah I couldn't afford to not be working and I remember being on the phone to someone from work and as I was on the phone to them again happy jolly Kate's on the phone Mm. I was literally contracting like losing this this pregnancy um and again that person on the end of the phone wouldn't have had any idea that that's what was happening I'm sure if they did know they'd probably be absolutely mortified Mm. um but and I know I know I'm not the only woman that's a bit had to do that um that I'm sure that there are thousands of other women that have found themselves going for exactly the same and having to find themselves having to just still work and still carry on day-to-day life as if everything's absolutely fine because we don't have a choice and it goes back um, to like how many people have gone through it like either you, you've got to be more thing when you like approach people like you I remember you said not long after <clears throat> well no not longer sorry that people come up to you and Benning like oh when's it your turn then but they had no idea I think oh they had no people, idea they yeah. would have that to that have been through it and just don't feel confident enough to like you naturally wouldn't say oh yeah well we are trying but I've gone through this I bet it that is something that should change now you probably yeah. would then you wouldn't have you know no definitely and I know so many of my friends um who are trying um but haven't been successful um and we'll often get that question asked of oh like it's about time in it that you you had a kid and what have you and because I know what that person's going through and when someone says it I just want the ground to swallow me up because I'm just like please stop asking that question stop assuming that a that these this couple want to have children not everyone wants children um and b they might not be able to have children um it's not even a case of a choice it might be a case that that person don't have a choice to even have children um and I remember I was um with a friend a few weeks ago and that exact thing happened and um she was holding Raya and someone made a passing comment of oh it's about time you had one in it and 
again that it was that typical thing of like her being her laughed it off mm. yeah, yeah yeah it will happen um yet inside it kills her absolutely kills her because um all they want. she's had sort of like multiple sort of failed pregnancies um where she's basically just keeps miscarrying um because her body just isn't allowing her to um to carry Mm. um and it's awful it really and i remember um ben had gone out um not long after this had happened and he had i think he said one or two people at least had approached him um and i know they probably all had like a few beers and things like that and yeah at least two people had approached him and said oh it would be you and kate next surely mm. um not knowing that we've actually just we've just lost one that's the thing it's the male as well isn't it it's the, like he goes through it obviously you go through it in a, to a different level but Ben had to put up yeah. his, probably many people like you said out and about in work saying oh it's your turn next or when yeah. pregnant well he's going to suffer the emotional side of things on that end as well yeah and it's it's that case of because I know for a fact that if someone said it and then I responded with oh, I've just actually lost one, that person on the other end would feel mortified. Unnaturally, I think. They would naturally be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Mm. But it's a kind of a case of don't don't put yourself in the situation. Don't put yourself in the fire. You shouldn't get to it. Yeah, to be put in that situation of you then feeling really guilty for asking this question. Um, But also, obviously, having to put that person back through the emotions of it. Well, yeah, exactly um so it's something that i do see a lot more um like people talking about him trying to say like stop asking us stop asking us if it's our turn or if we can or we can't um because yeah it's definitely something that needs to be um pushed out most definitely how do you how do you move on from something like that so like you mentally you two as a couple obviously is a massive strain um like how is it something that you managed to I mean at that moment I remember I'd had the procedure and I think it was about three days later and I remember I couldn't sleep and I got up and I went into one of the other rooms I just sat there and I just like broke my heart and I was just crying and I was trying to like work out how am I gonna how am I going like, to pull myself together? How am I going to recover from this? How am I going to kind of push it out my mind and carry on as I was before? Am I going to be able to? Is it a mm. thing? And in that moment, I remember just grabbing my notepad and my pen and I literally wrote it down everything that had happened, mm. all the emotions I was feeling. And I called it my blog. Um, and I literally spoke to the to what I was writing as if I was talking to someone um and in that moment in time that's what helps me no one's ever read what I've written and it's not to be read it was um that moment of time of me getting it out of me whatever way that was at that moment in time it was writing it down on this piece of paper and I finished what I needed to write I folded it up and it got put in a box with some other bits and pieces um, from that pregnancy that we had either already had or got or scans that we had received. Um, and it went in that box and 
that box then got put away. And I think it don't mean to say that that's now because it's been forgotten. It's a case of I have to close this chapter. I have to let this go. Um, otherwise, you would get to where you are that. now. I didn't think you would be where you were now. No, exactly. Um, and it's never. I, I will I ever go back into that box? I don't know. Um, probably. I mean, it was quite bizarre. Um, of course, we've moved since then, and we see the box quite kind of thing, and it kind of we see it a few times. Obviously, when you're moving and you're moving around within the house and things like that, and um, again we would never open the box we wouldn't it's just not something we would have done but we knew what was inside that box and we knew look yeah. after that box sort of thing yeah. um and that's just how how that will remain um and i think everyone kind of will deal with these situations differently yeah. um for me personally in that moment in time that's what helped me um was it a strain on our relationship most definitely because Ben, um, and I think um, men in general, um, typically have this thing of obviously um, having to put a strong face, be that strong person for their other half, carry on as they are, still going to work because they still need to work. Um, and then so to me, I was kind of looking at it as, where's your emotion? Why are you so all right? Why are you carrying on like nothing's happened? Um, But I know deep down it was like killing him just as much as it was as it was killing me. Um, And that was hard. And it was a case of we needed to just we needed to talk. We needed to communicate. We needed to and we needed to go back to kind of just. You go. You got to go back to just loving each other again. As silly as that sounds. Back to basics, almost. Yeah. Before it all happened. <clears throat> I we would come. I would kind of start presenting him in that respect because it was a case of, well, you've not gone through it. Your mm. body's not changed. Your body's not done this. You've not had to have the procedure. Um, but actually, although I felt that physical and mental side, Ben would have felt that mental side of it massively. Mm. Um. And it was a case of us both knowing that we're both hurting. Um, it's been a massive bombshell for the pair of us, but actually we're, we're both in the same boat. Yeah. Um, and it's OK. It's OK for us to both hurt and want to have that time to ourselves as well. Um, to kind of have that like grief of like, I just need a moment to myself um yeah which is important and we kind of i think that's just how we ended up getting through it to be perfectly honest with you um but everyone does deal a bit differently and for me um personally that's that's how i dealt with it and um kind of never spoke of it again to be perfectly honest with you no which is the big issue i guess in a, in yeah a, and yeah like, definitely. you're lucky now you have been able to and like you knew you knew that you could and to an extent you've like spoken to us and you've spoken to certain people mm. about aspects of it but there's yeah. some people who will point blank be like i am not talking about it yeah so yeah even for you even to do this i think is amazing so you should be very, very oh thank you that. well obviously it's helped massively having you do the whole podcast um uh, yeah I'm, re- I'm i'm very i'm happy myself that i've been able to 
yeah I've been open with it and um I'm really hoping that anyone who is listening um and it helps just one person just one person I'll be really happy with to be honest with you because it's just it's understanding that it's okay to not be okay yeah um we are only humans unfortunately when these things happen it's um it's inevitable that it's going to happen to one of us and unfortunately that one in eight of us is is going to happen too um but just just talk just speak out um take the time to yourself that you need just because you don't speak out straight away doesn't mean to say that there's a problem or you're not well in yourself because you won't. Talk when you feel uncomfortable like, now, a year later, well, more well, than. This a year is what later. I mean. It's been over a year now, um, and it's been the first time that I've been very open um, mm. about it. So just because you don't feel like you can after one month, ten months, or even a year, um, you will get there. And when you get that urge to want to talk, I would just say to anyone, just do it. Whether, like I said, you're pulling a family member or a friend to one side and you're just kind of letting it all out, I can guarantee you, you're going to feel a lot better once yeah. once that's happened. And now, obviously, looking to the future, you've got beautiful baby Raya. Yes. Um, Rainbow baby. Yeah, definitely. Well, little... that's the story. Remember when I, um, I'll let you tell it, you're better at telling stories than me, but when <laughs> I did yours. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. A couple gosh. of weeks ago. That was really freaky. Um, and yeah, you and um, Ashley was around the house seeing um, our little Raya and she was led there in your arms, wasn't she? And mm. a rainbow had shone through onto her head. Um, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And it was literally like perfect. Yeah, like, literally the right. this rainbow was literally in the centre of her head. Yeah. Um, and when you said about it and then we kind of looked on the internet as you do because you go we all just google everything and seeing if it had any kind of meaning and um it was at that day um that that happened was exactly to the day a year ago that I'd miscarried which is crazy um it almost it literally gives me goosebumps I know just talking about it now um that was very freaky yeah. Uh, but it kind of gave you it kind of gave me that very warm feeling of yeah. it goes to show that like things do work do work themselves out um and it happens for a reason back where you said like your first one when you were younger mm. and wasn't like the right time and stuff well the way you've almost got to think of it is the one like the miscarriage that happened last year yeah it wasn't the right time Oh, no, definitely. And it's a case you have to look at it as that particular pregnancy, for whatever reason, that baby was not healthy. No. It wasn't healthy to come into this world. No. Um, and again, like you said, the timing of it. Um, I'm very much a believer of everything happens for a reason. You're put on the path, you're put on for a reason. Um and you have to just go with that. And I think because if you fight it and you start questioning yourself and you start blaming yourself, which is so easy to do, so easy, because that's immediately what I did 
And I know that women do when they've had a miscarriage. You automatically blame yourself. You look at yourself and you question, what did I do wrong? Did I eat something? Did I walk too fast? Did I do too much exercise? Did I drink something I shouldn't have had? Um, did I bend over and pick something up that I shouldn't have picked up? You go through all these um, feelings and emotions of um, blaming yourself. And it's not your fault. It's not your fault at all. Um, it truly is life and the world and the universe just telling you now's not now's not the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. Trying to tell myself that when it initially happened, it was like on death ears. It was like, yeah. no. yeah this is my fault and then you obviously you have your reflection time after and that was when it was a case of actually yeah this just wasn't meant to be um at this point no but now was definitely so thank you so much for sharing it and being so open i think the world are good even like you said just for one person and like more importantly for you like just even having that open off your chest moment you know yeah yeah no definitely and um there is a um they're called the miscarriage association um which they sort of work with the nhs or they're kind of like that nhs's go-to essentially for people who need support Mm. um with miscarriages and i think you've popped a link on aren't you on the, this yeah so i will post the link as an attachment on this actual video um, yeah where um what i'll do is you can actually post it on the page as like a reoccurring sort of fundraiser yeah so i'll make sure i add that at the end as well yeah and so if anyone can go on and donate um anything to help this amazing cause that would um be perfect 100 percent amazing well coming to the end of the podcast um thank you so much again one of the things no problem one of the things that we do on here as well when the next guest is coming is like you've got to think of a question to ask them um obviously something just a little bit light-hearted to end the end the podcast okay Uh, (laughs) danny's question from last week was what would your drag name be (laughs) Oh my oh my god. I think we've actually we have discussed this conversation. Um we did, and I'm sure it was over a few bottles of wine and a game Mm. of email. Um oh my god. (laughs) What a question. I know. Oh god, Joe, you've really When we were doing it we said Deborah Mead Hun, which is hilarious. And there was a few that weren't very PC for a family-friendly podcast, but... Um, um, oh, Jay, you really put on the spot there. Well, we'll leave that thought with you, and then when we do a part two... Yes, because I will be back will do, for... Yeah, will I'll definitely be back two. for a part two, most definitely. Yeah, um, um, yeah I think anything I'm thinking of at the moment isn't very PG, and I've got no. family listening to this, so... Well, think of a family-friendly one. The yeah. next thing is what would your question be for the next guest if she if she could give just one reason on why she should run for prime minister what would it be oh my god i love that that's actually so sick one reason that will run into next week so yeah sick all right wonderful okay well thank you so much again and yeah love you. Love you. thank you i'll see you soon
play, and then I'll end the recording there. <laughs>